Today, we chat with one of Julian's mentors, Mindy Cheval. Among many accomplishments, Mindy was a senior partner at Ogilvy, the founder of Advertising A to B, and is currently serving as a senior faculty member at the University of Colorado at Boulder. In this episode, we talk about the value of just getting your foot in the door and then working your way towards your dream job. She encourages students to work harder than anyone else in the room, to spend time to figure out what sets you apart, and to take advantage of your time in college to explore and try new things. She has made an impact on so many students' careers, including Julian's, and we are excited to share our conversation with you today. Welcome to the Ad Undergrad Podcast. I'm Katie Moy, along with my co-host, Julian Lewis. Wait, stop the music. Katie, do you mind calling me Professor Lewis? But Julian, you're an adjunct professor. All right, fair enough. As practitioners of marketing and advertising, Katie and I wanted to give back to you, undergrads, recent grads, and those early in your careers looking to switch industries. In each episode, we'll highlight the career paths of practitioners and provide you with actionable knowledge to apply early in your journeys. Enjoy. Welcome to another episode of the Ad Undergrad Podcast. Today, we have an extremely special guest, someone who was pivotal in my career and getting into the advertising industry, Ms. Mindy Cheval. Mindy, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Katie and Julian. Of course. And so I want to elaborate on what I mean as you being pivotal in my career. Listeners of the podcast are aware of my career pathing. And I think one of the biggest moments was when I was at CU and I was a kinesiology major, became a communications major. I had a very low GPA and I was able to get it up over time, but I had absolutely no idea what I wanted to do as I was nearing the end of my time at CU and was extremely fortunate that you created advertising A to B during the Maymester, I believe, of my senior year, which gave me a view into the advertising landscape. I had an opportunity to do what Katie and I were hoping to do is give a view into the practitioners that are in the industry. And then we were able to put pen to paper and create a group project. And my group won. I don't know if there was one winner, but my group won something. So I'm going to say that there was only one winner and we won it all. But Mindy, thank you for creating that. Oh, you're welcome. It was a project for Eldora. It was. Yep. Yep. Did your group come up with the Yeti? We did. We did come up with the Yeti. Oh, I like that. Yeah. I love how you still remember that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. I always remember good ideas and it was a good idea. Perfect. Thank you. So what we'd love to do is, is talk about your position as faculty at CU. But I think before that, you went to West Virginia. You worked in the advertising industry for a number of years. What prompted you to get into advertising? Was there something that you knew at school like, oh, this is what I want to do? Or what prompted you that start? I started college as a theater design major. I was ah. going to be a set designer. And I, I think even before that, I have always been involved in you know, creative pursuits, art, and other things. And so when I got to college, I realized that I didn't want to be a waitress for the rest of my life. And I felt like I was in West, at West Virginia University studying theater. It is not, no offense to the good people of West Virginia and WVU, but it is not the theater school of your dreams. And I, 
it just changed my sort of getting into it on a college level kind of changed my mind. So it's a little bit like kinesiology, only a little different. In my first semester of college, I started to look around and tried to figure out how I could marry this creativity with something that would provide me a salary and a career and started to explore other things. And what I tell students especially students in my class, because Julian, and I guess you too, Katie, we're all involved in the media end of the advertising business. And there's a lot of math and easy math, but math and numbers. And I come across now students that are more than a little math phobic. They look at a page and number and and they say exactly what I would have said, which I can't do that. Which leads me to West Virginia University had a public relations track and they had an advertising track and public relations, you had to take statistics. And I decided that in my 18-year-old wealth of knowledge that I could not do that and I became an advertising major. So that's, part of it was a, it was all a good decision, but part of it was a well-informed decision. This was something that would, I could be creative and I could actually work not in a waitressing position. So that part was very well formed and I'm glad I'm not in public relations, but you know, the math part was probably not exactly the finest moment of career choices. But anyway, that's how I ended up at, as an advertising major. And I left college and went to North Carolina and worked for a newspaper in newspaper sales. Mm. Also a decision that I think pleased my parents more than me. It was a job that they came and recruited on campus and I could go work there right out of college and I had a job. And so I went there and realized that was not what we were learning in school. We were learning kind of agency life and advertising in a bigger um, frame than a newspaper in a small town in North Carolina. And so I spent six months there. And fortunately, some friends from college were living right across the Hudson River in New Jersey and we're looking for a roommate and said, come and spend a month or two with us. If you can find a job, great. Then, you know, you can live here. If not, you can stay here for free for a little while you try to find something. And that's what I did. And I ended up fortunately with an internship at the Nestle company in their advertising department. And that opened a lot of doors in New York for me because they saw, they had a lot of money in advertising and they saw a lot of, salespeople, magazines and things like that. But then that opened doors to agencies for me. So that's how I ended up in New York, being a very small town girl from Wheeling, West Virginia. Shout out to Wheeling, West Virginia. (laughs) So what about the combination of the newspaper sales and your internship at Nestle, like really worked to make you or solidify that you should stay in this industry. What were the the two things that really prompted you to then go explore a career on the agency side? I think the newspaper sales job taught me that I never wanted to do that again. I did not want to be in sales. I I hated the whole thing. And I think that I tell students this, I it was a bit of an internship that happened after I graduated. You know, I mean I got paid and it was a job, but it was a very short period of time. That internships and things like that might tell you where you want to go, but they're also maybe likely to tell you where you don't want to go. And that's a learning experience too. 
I went through an advertising program that was talking about the big New York and global ad agencies. And I realized that I, that was the path that I wanted to take. Did I learn things in sales? Yes. I learned to be a little bit more responsible than I probably was at 21, 22, however old I was. And my first boss, the guy that was the ad sales guy for the newspaper, taught me a lot about understanding people's hot buttons and how to read people. And that was very helpful in my career. But it just, I never, people have come to me over the years and said, oh, you should be in sales. I was like, there's no way I'm doing that. I am not selling anything. I mean, I guess I sell education. I just, not for me. So that I learned that. And then fortunately, Nestle was a big global company. And they had stable of brands and they worked with, uh, I think, four or five agencies in New York City. And so I got to see how those agencies all differed from each other and how they worked. And that was really helpful in me starting to understand what it was that I was going to be good at. And the other thing, while I was creative, I realized pretty early on looking for a job or exploring jobs that if I wanted to be an art director, which is what I thought I wanted to be, that I should have gone to art school and been a graphic designer. It was a point in time before computers were that available to everyone and, and programs like Photoshop, et cetera. And I had to pivot a little bit and figure out what it was that I, was going to get me in the door. What could I do? And to me, the goal, and it should be for everybody that graduates from college, is to get in the door. It's not, you're not going to get your perfect job out of college. And unfortunately, if you did, let's say you, you know, want to go work at Wyden and Kennedy. Well, if you go to work at Wyden and Kennedy as an assistant, whatever it is, you're going to leave there. It's your first job. No one stays at their first job until they've retired. And so you don't want that for your first job. You want to work yourself into your dream place or job. What was your first job title at the agency? And tell us a little bit more about how you navigated your path. Funny enough, my first job at an agency called Cunningham and Walsh, which was absorbed in the 90s in the mergers that happened in New York and global ad agencies. I was an assistant media planner. So this phobia of math that I had that kept me from pursuing statistics was exactly what I got hired to do. (laughs) And when this was before, this was before we had computers on our desks. So it was all done with a calculator by hand. And if you made a mistake in the, because you guys both did this a little bit, in these sheets and sheets of numbers, think about an Excel spreadsheet that was all done by hand at one point, you had to go back and figure out where the mistake was and correct it and then correct everything after it. So I funny enough, realized that was the job that presented itself to me. And so getting in the door, I thought this is how people got in the door at that point in time in New York agencies. And if you weren't an art director or a copywriter, so you got in through the media department and then people went on to account management in a year or two. So I got into the media department and realized that I might've been math phobic. I actually was fairly good at the level of math that you had to do at that point in time, which was like great math and, and looking for patterns. The logic part of it, I could do. 
And so did I love it? No, but I could master that. And, and so that's how I got into an ad agency. The goal was that I was going to go off into account management. And the reason that I didn't do that is another, I think, piece of advice that I share with students is that I realized that most of the people that I worked with in the media planning world were not that creative. And I don't mean that to be disparaging at all. It just wasn't what attracted people to media. And I realized that creativity actually gave me an edge. If I could get the basic skills, the math and the kind of numeric skills, which weren't that hard to grasp, and I could use this creativity that I actually could be more successful staying in media than I would be if I went to account management. And so I, instead of moving to account management, I just kept moving up my career in media. I ended up at Ogilvy and Mather about three years after I started in the agency world. And I stayed there for, I stayed there for 10. I take that back. It was more like four and a half and I stayed there for 10. That's phenomenal. And it's funny that you said that you didn't like sales, but you saw your edge in media as having that creative element. Because I think one of the things that I absolutely loved when I went through ads A to B is that within the group project, I was like, oh, I really want to be one of the lead presenters because I want to do the storytelling because I always thought I was a creative person, but I didn't have the graphic design aspect of things. I was always just like an ideas person. But then I also liked the idea of using that creativity to tell a story and to sell through a media plan. Math definitely was never my strong suit. It was definitely in elementary school, but not necessarily in the media world. But that's actually what drove me to sales was because I was like, wait, I'm selling anyway. And there might be an opportunity for me to make a little bit more money, even though I wasn't driven by that. So it's just funny how everybody has their own different uh, grasp of like how they then navigate But one of the things that you mentioned when you were at Nestle and then also just like getting in the door is like one, you were able to still grab something from somebody that's stayed with you throughout your career. And so finding somebody that you can learn from is like extremely important. And then to your point, getting in the door, like you can't really see what's going on until you're actually there and doing it. Even if the first job that you take isn't the most ideal one that you want to have because we're just in a time where people aren't going to be at their careers for as long as like, I mean, my dad was at the same company for 33 years. My mom's been at her same hospital for, I don't know how many years, just we're just in a different time now. I tell students that if your first job opens more doors than it closes, then you're good. Then you have choices. And each one of those choices is going to drive you someplace um, else, whether that's someplace you've anticipated or not. But that's just the way life is. And most people, not only do they, they don't stay in the same job, they don't stay in the same career. Yeah. Julian, did you ever meet Kevin Carroll? He used to work at Nike. He probably was at Nike when you were at CU. He used to come and talk. And the name sounds familiar. He's just the most amazing person. But he talks about a lot about finding your passion. Mm -hmm. And so shout out to Kevin. He tells a lot about finding your passion and what magic do you bring to the table. And that should be something that 
you can take anywhere that you go. That that you get, as he said, you get fired from career jobs. You you know get downsides. You decide not to do it anymore. But if there's something that's underneath that is what personally drives you, then you'll always find a path with that. Uh, he wrote a book called The Rules of the Red Rubber Ball. Uh, yes. Great book. Yes. Yes. Okay. Now it all is coming together. So when we were doing the program, that was a book that was recommended that we read. And it's a book that I have read, I don't know how many times. Number one, I'm not a huge reader, but number two, it's a very small book and very easy to read. And so I've read it a a number of times. And yes, that is so important. And that piece about the magic that you bring throughout my career, I left different agencies with the hope to find something more interesting and Nothing was necessarily more interesting. The work wasn't necessarily different. Yes, the people were different, but I realized that there was something in me and that's what was consistent throughout. And so that's one of the things that I did take from that book. And I can't remember if he came and spoke during the Ads ATB program, but I definitely remember learning about the book during that and then I still have it today. I think if anybody, students or anyone, can grasp one thing, it's that... You have to find something fulfilling in whatever it is that you're doing. And work is called work, not something else, because it's work. And it's not going to be great every day. If you can get up every morning, and that's what I loved about the agency business. If you get up every morning and you go to work and things are different, great something is always moving and you're changing accounts and agencies are you know really vibrant places, then you're never going to be bored. And I just, and there's always opportunity. And that's, I think, why I stayed in the agency world was that it just felt like there was always opportunity to grow. And that could have been Ogilvy and Mather when I was there. It could have been the people that I worked with. I've always tried to find mentors and tried to be one um, when I got to a point where anybody cared. I think that you just have to be looking for opportunities. And that doesn't mean to keep changing jobs. It's just always saying, what else can I do here? My probably biggest mentor was my boss for 10 years at Ogilvy. And he always said, take the hard jobs. Take the projects that no one else wants and do them well. Because then you will be golden, right? Everybody, and and when I was at Ogilvy, we had American Express, which in the 80s and 90s was a big, prestigious account. Mm-hmm. And he would say, everybody wants to go work on American Express. You can hire anybody to go do that. Nike would be the, probably the, a similar type of account. Everybody wants to work on Nike. So if you're not working out on Nike, there's 10 other people out on the street that would be happy to take your job. If you're working on something that's maybe not as interesting and maybe more relentless as far as the pressure and you do it well, you're safe. You're going to survive all of the corporate upheavals and whatever happens because they can't find 10 people to replace you. Yeah. And I always thought that was great advice. I don't know about starting. Well, it is starting out. Don't, as I sometimes still tell students, um, don't be so self-absorbed that you think things are beneath you when you start because Somebody has to do it. Yeah. Do you have any advice for students now for 
getting in the door, getting started in, in this time where companies maybe have cut back on hiring or activities that they should be doing until companies start to open their door? It's tough right now, but I actually think entry-level jobs are maybe easier when there's a downturn than other jobs. Meaning that if the, and I'll just talk agency because that's what I know, if an agency contracts and lays off people, someone still has to do the work. But unless they've lost an account and there's less work to do. And if you, if you are downsized and you're a senior partner, the trickle-down effect is pretty amazing. And so when, I guess, especially when things start to open a little bit, then people will get promoted and what's left at the bottom are entry-level jobs. So I actually, I think that, and what I've seen in my 20 years of teaching is that the economy, yeah, it's not great right now. It, ha- it wasn't great in 2008 and probably sometime in between that and 20 years. <laughs> but I do think, I, I think people should still, students should still look for jobs. It's much more competitive than it's probably ever been, but it's always been competitive. And I think that internships are key. Getting some sort of work experience, even if it's not in an ad agency, just get your foot in the door. I think, Julian, you said this last night. Just go do something. Go find somebody who needs some help. Go figure out what you have to offer and see if you can't do it for free and build that a better understanding things. Go and ask people if you can just come in and there's no coming in, but get on Zoom and shadow. Just be hungry because your first job, do you need skills? Sure. But what you also need is to be able to, those soft skills that you see on a resume where if you're at the wait staff, you are the best wait person there. If you're working at a retail establishment, you can see growth. I'll tell you, Julian, who was came to Ads A to B when you were there and did every year that we had it was Brad Karsh. He was mm-hmm. the whole how to get the job. Yeah. And his resume advice was, don't tell me that you input data for a summer. How much data did you input? What did you do that set you apart in anything that you do? What did you do that set you apart? And if you can think of building your college resume that way, I think that's really helpful. Skills-wise, this is what I tell, I have two college-age kids. This is what I tell them. CU has free access to what used to be lynda.com, and then it was LinkedIn Learning, and I feel like they changed the name again. Go learn to... Do a little coding. Certainly learn your way around Adobe Suite. And that might take a class, a college class to do. Google has free classes in analytics. Hootsuite, I think, has free classes. But what was LinkedIn Learning? There are all kinds of free seminars. Get some skills. And, and the great thing about that, at least six months ago, is some of those things you could do and it showed up in your LinkedIn account as mm-hmm. a certificate, right? So then you're starting to build 
outside resources. I just think anything that you can do that shows that you're hungry, however you get there, then that's going to be important on your resume. And it's certainly going to be important in your first job. Yeah. And the ability to have an edge over that competition as you're going out there is huge. And I love that you mentioned Brad, because I remember when writing my cover letter, and I think even to this day, I'm probably using some of the same formats, even though I haven't applied for for a job in a while. But when I recommend to other people, I still use those formats as if they're mine. Maybe I should just get them some more book skills. <laughs> but yeah, no, I think it's it's import, very important to set yourself up to have an edge. But I think in the process of creating that edge for yourself, you are yourself starting to do the work and understand, ooh, actually, I don't want to do this, or I really want to do this. Let me double down on, on this and really start to get more experience through this. So that's extremely valuable advice. So I would love to talk about your professor at CU, Ads A to B ran for about nine or 10 years. And in my opinion, that was like the first kind of view that I saw into the industry. And so I like coin you as the, I don't know what you call it, but like the the queen of creating practitionership. Because through that, I truly knew in three weeks, like what I wanted to do. And and everybody probably had a different experience than I did. But do you see the, the need for more things like ads A to B? I'm actually writing a lecture about strategic thinking to take tomorrow. One of the things that I've been telling them is that you have to be an explorer of the world. So the lecture is about curiosity. And that I'm starting it by saying that I told them earlier in the semester that this idea of think outside the box is really BS, that it doesn't say anything. And when you ask people, they can't really say what that means exactly. And I feel like be curious is in that same realm that, well, what does that mean exactly? And dawned on me today that what it really means is that you explore ads A to B was born in this okay. idea that we would just do this deep dive into everything and set it up that it wasn't a university school program. It was a professional program, a three-week intensive program where it would give you a sense of what was going on, help you with your resume, and give you the platform to go out and try to be more competitive in the market. And it worked really well. And it was probably the most rewarding thing that I maybe have ever done professionally because there are a lot of people like you who have gone out and done really pretty remarkable things. You've given a ton of advice and shared advice that you give to your students, but are there any other elements of advice that we can lend to students to help them as they get started in their careers? I think like the way you did college makes a lot of sense. You studied something that was broad. You went out and explored things. And then you found something at the very end that kind of grounded you and showed you what you wanted to do. What a great experience, right? Because college is so competitive to get into and it's so expensive that we get a lot of students who have been on this track since um, preschool. You have to do these things, right? And you have to make these choices. And if you don't make those choices, you'll never get into college. And if you don't make these choices, you'll never get a job. And the fact is, everybody gets a job. It's, I think that fear is unfortunate because you have four years in college for most people. 
And it's the only time in your life where you're going to be able to really explore things. A four-year college degree is designed that will allow you to do. I think that learning about all kinds of things is going to improve your creativity. It's going to improve your curiosity. It's going to make you a more interesting person. It might surprise you along the way that you realize that what your passion really is kinesiology Mm -hmm. and not advertising. So I really think that exploration is important in college. And I hope that everybody listening to this will go out and take a class that challenges them, that is something they never really thought about or something they've always thought about and didn't think they had time for. This is your moment to do that. I think once you start to think about moving on and out out and up, I still think that's a good way of looking at the world. What can I do to further expand who I am, what I'm all about, what I understand about the world, what I understand about other things? And whether that's traveling, if you can, whether that is exploring things that are just new and changing your perspective. I think that is important. And certainly build a strong resume, have as many internships as you can, even if they're short, even if it's a month and that you worked for someone or did something with someone. Hard skills are important, digital skills, et cetera, but soft skills are what are going to set you apart. I think internships and something you said last night when you came to in to talk to my class is building a network, right? Yeah. Keep in contact with people that you meet along the way, gather people. Students feel like they don't want to do that. I think that they're worried that they're going to be rejected. Right. And most people, especially if they say connect with me, mean connect with me. Yeah. And build your peer network. Even if you have a LinkedIn account that doesn't have anything on it, you're first year student, second year student, you don't have anything on it, just put whatever you have and start to connect connect with your peers, right? They're not gonna judge you. You're not gonna lose a job because you're connected with 10 people and they're all sophomores in college just like you are. But start to gather people because I think that's I have always had opportunities because I have met people. And you said that last night. And The other last piece of advice I would say is go in working harder than anyone else in the room. I had a college professor. He was like this crotchety old man, chain smoking, (laughs) drinking old guy. But he came in the first day of class and said, advertising is a competitive industry. And if you're not the smartest person in the room, you're going to get fired eventually. I was like, Wow. I don't want that. Yeah. <laughs> and so I I always remember that. It's like just do the lonely work. Yeah. And you will find that opportunities will present themselves to you. That's all great advice. And your students are off to a good start. I always am curious to know how many students are actually going to connect with me after I say connect with me. And five had done it before I was done talking and another 10 have done it since. And so I think there's only 24, 25 kids that were there yesterday. They're off to a great start. But this time has been extremely valuable. And I thank you again for helping me get to where I am in my career and reminding me of things like Kevin's book as well as Brad. And I'll definitely make sure that we link those in the the show notes, but really appreciate this time. You're welcome. And if I can connect you with, reconnect you with either of them, let me know. Because I think (laughs) 
to do this. Yes, definitely. Thank you. Katie, it was nice meeting you. And thank you for letting me be a college professor and run off at the mouth, which is what we do best. (laughs) Love it. Thank you again for your ears. We want to incorporate your questions on the podcast. Please email us at hello at adundergrad.com. And don't forget to follow us on all platforms at The Ad Undergrad. Tune in next time as we capture more paths of industry practitioners.